0: time to begin. It's time to begin now, so any of you who haven't got your seats would please take them now, and uh, we'll get started with our program. Very well. My name's Austin Fennell. I'm the moderator for today, and uh, there's we have a few general announcements to make at the very beginning. Um, and we welcome you, first of all, and uh, we're very glad, and a special welcome to those who may not have come to very well, very often. We're glad you're here. Um, our guest speaker speaks for about um, 30 minutes, and then we have our lunch. And then around 1 o'clock, we have a question period. And if you have a question, you're to come to the microphone over here next to the camera. The camera probably will be gone by then, but in any case. Now, there are a number of people who are organizations that are very important to us uh, that help with the... Um, Development and the communication of these programs. There's Lethbridge Herald and uh, Shaw TV. CKXU FM uh, radio uh, uh, relays the program. And Country Kitchen does the ca- catering, which uh, brings us around to the cost of the meal, which is $12. And that's in a basket. You're to put that in a basket on the table. And somebody's going to come around and pick that up. But before they do, I hope that somebody at your table will be willing to count and see if the amount of money there is correct. Uh, Now, our guest speaker is on the subject of what makes an airport fly. And um, we're very interested in our local airport, very interested in it. Um, And um, our guest speaker is Dale Lear. Now, uh, Dale is a local-born, local Lethbridge-born person, has a huge range of interests. Um, His current one that he is most interested in is cleaning products. And he tells me that the product is called fo- Frog Wash. Not Fog, I got that one wrong at the beginning, but it's called Fog Wash. It's a cleaning product. But he's also in- interested in shell fishery, renewable energy, regional businesses. He's been an air traffic controller. He is uh, an award winner for Domino Pizzas. And um, mm-hmm. he's ran for the Libertarian mm-hmm. Party in the 2008 federal election for the Saanich Gulf Islands. So that's a multiple range of interests, right? Anyway, he's our guest speaker, and Dale, we welcome you and look forward to your address.
1: Great. Well, it's uh, certainly a pleasure to see so many of you out today on this uh, wintry Southern Alberta day. Um, One thing you know about the weather here, if you don't like it, just wait an hour. So um, anyways, I hope this does mean that all of you share my passion for our airport because that's the reason I'm here today. Um, So not only am I just here to share my observations, but also I welcome the feedback that you have because this isn't about me. This is about a critical piece of community infrastructure and my concerns are that we are facing an existential threat and a crisis at this airport. So I look forward to feedback and information about your questions, concerns about this, um, this facility. So uh, to kick things off then, uh, how about a show of hands? How many of you here like to fly? We have some flyers? See, who doesn't like to fly? Okay, so when, <laughs> somebody doesn't like to fly? Okay, so when most of us think of an airport, You know, we usually think of things like a terminal, runways, and parking and all the other aspects that pertain to taking a flight. But in fact, airports are so much more than that. They encompass a range of economic activities uh, besides just taking the flights of themselves. So even small airports employ dozens of people in things like security, cleaning, maintenance, refueling, car rentals, taxis, as well as things like repairs, maintenance, Uh, modifications to aircraft, and flight training. Uh, In fact, some airports have been likened to being like small cities. Almost every activity you can find in a city probably takes place, place at an airport. So in addition to providing a number of jobs and other economic activity, airports are a source of local pride and are often the first thing that visitors see when they come to an airport and the last thing they see when they leave. Uh, In addition, airports provide critical emergency services so they can act as an alternative airport when weather uh, delays cause airplanes to change their destinations. Mm -hmm. It's also a place where things like search and rescue take place and, uh, you know, medevac flights, emergency flights and so forth are all all part and parcel of a day-to-day activity at an airport. Airports are a really big deal. Now, unfortunately for you, no discussion of a situation would be complete without a bit of a a history lesson. So, Kenyon Field had its first passenger flight back in 1938, and uh, Kenyon Field, of course, is what our facility was called before it was changed to the uh, county airport. Now, before the airport moved to its present location, just on the south of the city, it had, we had air parks in the vicinity of LCI school now, also the exhibition grounds, and even before that on North Marmograss Drive, was an air park. Now, back then, things were a lot simpler. Now, in 1937, TransCanada Airlines uh, conducted a national tour to show off their shiny new DC-3 and promote air travel. And TCA built a hangar here in Lethbridge, which still effectively serves for this purpose today. The big difference, of course, is that's a control tower that's on top. Um, We don't have that there anymore. Now, one of my earliest memories, and maybe the reason why I'm so passionate about this facility, is because as a preschooler, I used to go to the airport on Sunday afternoon with my parents, and you could walk out on the ramp, you could walk into the hangars, you could walk up the airplanes, you could look inside them, Um, and you really got a feeling, and I guess I must have smelled some aviation gas or something, because it's in my blood ever since. So, Lethbridge played, uh, for many years, a critical role in the national air transportation system. So, because of the ranges of aircraft that were available, Lethbridge was a critical link in the east-west flight routes from Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, through to Vancouver, but also on north-south flights. So, flights from Edmonton and Calgary would stop in here on the way through to Great Falls, Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, and even Los Angeles. Um, would you like to have those days back again? So, with the Second World War, when it came along, Lethbridge served as an Empire Flight Training Facility Number 5. And, in fact, the instruction was provided by members of the Lethbridge Flying Club who came out and taught new recruits their aviation basics and uh, prepared them before they went off to bomber school. <coughs> After uh, World War aviation really took off in a big way and Lethbridge enjoyed multiple daily flights between Calgary and Edmonton in four engine 75 passenger Vickers Viscounts and if I recall the last time I flew on one of those out of here was about 1972 now of course no airport would be complete without an air show and we see here the RCAF precision aerobatic flying team the Golden Hawks and I remember, I don't, does anybody here remember them? Did anybody ever see the Holden Hawks? A couple of years? Yeah. So it was 1959. Um, I remember being out at that airport and just hearing the scream of the jets as they flew overhead. And, you know, again, that just stuff gets into your soul, and it just really, really binds you to the, and gives you a passion for something. So that impact uh, remains, of course, till this day. Now that, for those of you that don't recognize it, is an airport control tower, and in fact it's the one that was built out in the infield just south of runway 0523 on the south side of the airport, and I believe it was the late 60s, and it lasted until the 80s. Now the reason I mention this is because at that time, uh, when I qualified to become an air traffic controller, uh, it was here in that facility in 1980, Lethbridge had a population of around 50,000 people. But you know, there were 60,000 landings and takeoffs a year, and we were the 35th busiest airport in Canada, which doesn't sound great, but remember, there were 90 airports, right? So we'll get to more about that later. Now, thanks to the vision of one man, Stubb Ross, Lethbridge made aviation history with the establishment of Time Air. Now, here we see their 30 passenger short 330 Skyvan, and Stubb was an innovator. Um, he was usually the first one to, to uh, ad- adopt a, a new model type. So this is the uh, Short Brothers, built in Ireland, 330 Skyvan. Well, or at least that's the box it came in. <laughs> it, it was later, later replaced with a more conventional-looking 36-passenger model 360. Now, as uh, again, as I said, as a visionary, Stubb was always out in front uh, with his, um, his being first to adopt new aircraft, and this was the de Havilland uh, Dash 7, and this is it in the Canadian regional colours. And back then, you could actually fly from Lethbridge to Kelowna and Vancouver and back again. It was amazing times. <laughs> um, I think the height of Lethbridge Scheduled Air Service kind of reached a peak when we had Fokker 28 uh, passenger jet service That's a 60 passenger jet to and from Calgary, And for a while, anyway, we were just like a real modern city. But somewhere along the line, things began to change. Uh, One of the issues, uh, just to give a little background, one of the issues that has come up from time to time um, revolves around the subjects of ownership and governance. While the concept of ownership is pretty well understood by most people, a big question on many people's minds is why the Lethbridge Airport is owned by the county of Lethbridge rather than the city of Lethbridge. Well, actually, this issue goes back to the 1980s when bureaucracies around the world realized they were becoming a drag on aviation growth as that industry was moving faster than governments. Uh, Not only did governments lack the financial resources to keep pace with growth, but they also lacked the specific industry expertise. So the Government of Canada's response as it became swept up in the global aviation deregulation phenomena was something called the National Airports Plan of 1994. This plan called for the transfer of 90 airports across Canada to local authorities. Basically, they wanted to unload them. So in 1995, Transport Canada uh, contacted the City of Lethbridge to determine if there was any interest on the part of the municipality to take over the airport. And councillors uh, Weddick and Ward were appointed by a special committee to explore this opportunity and various options therein and took their recommendations to the Mayor at at the time, Dave Carpenter. Now, according to those with knowledge of the situation at the time, the opportunity to acquire the airport was declined by the city. Later on, it was discovered that the right of first refusal to take over ownership of these airports was to be the jurisdiction in which the facility was located. In this case, that would be the County of Lethbridge. So that's how our airport came to be owned by the county. So what we have today is a situation where basically the airport is governed by an advisory committee, and that consists of six individuals, the mayor of the city of Lethbridge, Reeve for the county of Lethbridge, and two councillors from each of those municipalities. And they are further assisted by the county's chief administrative officer and executive director of corporate services, Meanwhile, the day-to-day operations of the airport and regulatory compliance are handled by the airport manager. Now, as far as I've been able to determine, none of those fine folks has any aviation business experience. So, red flag number one. In this day and age, that simply doesn't cut it since airports are now competitive enterprises. Now, here is a field where once stood that airport traffic control tower I showed you, and it was staffed by air traffic controllers from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week. It was closed as air service steadily eroded to where today the traffic was only half what it was in 1980, despite our population doubling to 100,000. Meanwhile, air traffic across Canada, and in fact around the world, has more than doubled in that period. So what's going wrong here? Well, the consequences for the airport itself have been devastating. It's in decline. Uh, We see major hangars being torn down. Taxiways are crumbling. Again, the number of flights and options, frequencies, type of aircraft are shrinking. Um, This is just a shadow of its former glory. Now, what we do see, in fact, is that... The need for an airport continues, despite this overall decline in traffic. Now, here just happens to be the shot from Google Maps. So they're flying overhead uh, one random day, and lo and behold, we see three executive business jets here at the airport. So the airport is a critical part of our economic lifeblood. And so there's many reasons to make sure that it's not around just for today, but for tomorrow and decades from now. Now, our regional market, which includes our primary, secondary, and tertiary market areas, amounts to some 275,000 population. And that's according to a study conducted by Environics Research just last year, so fairly recent data. Uh, Yesterday, when I called the airport, I confirmed that in 2016, we had 61,705 passengers, and I've created a metric for that, for comparison purposes, which I call a passenger ratio. What it says is basically 23% of the people in our market area flew through our airport last year. Now, as I say, we used to have some better flight service. Today, we enjoy direct flights from Lethbridge to Calgary and Edmonton. Unfortunately, these are on smaller 19 passenger commuter type planes, which are fine in and of themselves, but as the backbone of our air passenger service, they're just a little bit lacking. This here would be the Integra Air Jetstream 31, a 19 passenger commuter um, type aircraft. And its competition is the Beechcraft 1900D, which is also a 19 passenger uh, commuter type aircraft. So you've got limitations, obviously, in terms of uh, range, load, luggage, and uh, be careful where you sit. In order to make up for the lack of aviation revenue, the county has resorted to some innovative ways of making money, such as commercial property leasing. Now, in fact, revenue from leasing now exceeds the revenue from aviation. So we are no longer so much an airport with some commercial activity, but we're now starting to resemble more of a business park that just also happens to have some runways. So meanwhile, what's happening at other airports? Well, this here would be the 74-passenger Q400 that flies three times daily between Vancouver and Penticton, despite the fact that Kelowna is only an hour away. And they have all types of direct flights, jet flights, to and from major centres in Canada, U.S., and so forth. Yet, they managed to find enough people in little old Penticton to sustain a service. This would be the WestJet Boeing 737, and I think many of us have taken the drive to Calgary so that we can benefit from WestJet's fine service and aircraft. This particular plane flies between Comox on northern Vancouver Island and Edmonton on a daily service. And its competition is, again, one of those beautiful Q400s that Air Canada owns a whole bunch of, and it flies between Comox and Calgary daily. This here, closer to home, would be Pacific Coastal Airlines' Saab 340. It's a 34-passenger aircraft, one step above the commuter type that we see here. It flies direct service from little old Cranbrook to Vancouver every day. So I have an interesting story about Pacific Coastal. A little close... um, How many of us have ever driven down to Great Falls to catch an airplane? A whole bunch of you. Well, guess what? You're part of a crowd that even includes people from as far away as Calgary that would rather switch than fight. So, as you can see, despite a drastically smaller market to draw upon compared to Lethbridge, approximately half as many people they're drawing six times as many passengers per, per capita. So they did 354,000 people last year. And I know some people would say, well, it's not fair. They've got advantages that we don't have. You know, they don't have to compete with Calgary and so forth. Well, as I said, they're drawing traffic from Calgary. And those people are driving right through Lethbridge. Now, hello? Oh, there we go. Okay, so Great Falls has direct flights year-round between Salt Lake City, Denver, Las Vegas, Seattle, Minneapolis, Phoenix, and they even have seasonal direct flights directly to Los Angeles and Chicago. So what we have here is the uh, 172 passenger MD-80, and that has their flights between Great Falls and Phoenix, uh, correction, Las Vegas and Phoenix, I think many of us have taken that one. This here would be the Canadair Regional Jet, a 100 passenger uh, jetliner that flies direct flights between Minneapolis and Great Falls and Salt Lake and Great Falls. This here would be another beautiful Q400. This one operated by Alaska Airlines subsidiary Horizon and it's a daily flight between Great Falls and Seattle. Now, how many of us here would love to be able to hop on one of these and take a trip to Vancouver? lots of us yeah why not right Um, and by the way they're not just cheap tickets when you do the conversion and you look at what they cost people are paying a reasonable fare to ride those flights Um, so it's not that people are just necessarily looking for cheap flights they're just looking for good quality service this here would be um, another RJ this flies on the Great Falls to Denver flight So you see, see, they got modern aircraft, jet aircraft, big aircraft, room for everybody's luggage, and, oh, what's this? This would be the Airbus A320, which is plying routes between Chicago and Great Falls in the summertime. So you can see, for a little tiny place, they got pretty good service. So it's a little bit of success, begets success. They've worked to build themselves as a desirable place to fly to and from. But they've had to fight for it. They've had to work for it. And you may be surprised to know they are not even the biggest airport in Montana. They are not the second biggest. They are not the third biggest. They are not even the fourth biggest. They are the fifth busiest airport in in Montana and they still have all those flights. And many of those other cities you see there are a closer driving time away than we are to Calgary. So they have competition they have to fight for their flights and they work at it and what they have is they've got a weapon that we lack they have what's called a independent airport authority so what an independent airport authority is is basically an independent ownership structure under which the authority has the ability to conduct its own funding its own revenue generation make its own spending plans and to work deals with airlines, with developers, with aviation businesses, with anybody that wants to work in hand in hand with the airport. But by and large, it's all airport related because they're focused on the success of the airport. So they are self-governing and they have professional management. Now in the case of Great Falls Airport, a brilliant fellow by the name of John Faulkner, who's the former uh, director Of business development for Seattle Tacoma International Airport. So they've got some heavy hitters in there, again, working and fighting and striving to make Great Falls a success. It doesn't happen by accident. Now, I'm not the only one that thinks an independent airport authority would be a good idea and a good example of a model for our airport. Uh, No less a prestigious outfit than the Canadian Association of Airports, or the Canadian Airports Council says that independent Airport authorities are the way to go. And one of the reasons being is that a robust board member evaluation process is in place. And this process is transparent and does not provide any one particular entity, such as an air carrier or an elected leader with a veto. And that's exactly the problem that we have today. So in my opinion, folks, this must stop. Now, as I said, airports are much more than just flights. Airports are also a focal point for other types of aviation activity. Now, what you see here before you is called a Jet Prop DLX. It is essentially a Piper Malibu that is modified by a little company in Seattle, er, sorry Spokane. Um, they've done, I think, about 80 of these now. And what they do is they take a Piper Malibu and they retrofit it with a Pratt & Whitney Canada PT6 engine. Now, how many of you folks are aware that Pratt & Whitney Canada actually has a plant right here in Lethbridge that makes PT6 engines? But are we strapping them onto airplanes here? No. You'll like this one. This here is a Viking 400 series twin otter. And it is built under license by a company, a Victoria-based company called Viking Air. And they started off by putting PT6 engines into to Haviland Beavers and then they slowly gain their experience and expertise and built themselves up, so up to the point where now they have a backlog of these airplanes. They employ about 200 people assembling them, but guess where the assembly is being done? Calgary, Springbank Airport. Using engines supplied by, you guessed it, Pratt & Whitney, Canada. So apparently nobody ever thought to talk to Viking and see if maybe they wouldn't be willing to set up shop in Lethbridge. And despite the fact that, again, Lethbridge was an early adopter of Twin Otter aircraft, again, thanks to good old Stub Ross. Truly a visionary. We need more people like him. So, again, airports are major contributors to the economy. That includes both direct and indirect jobs. But most importantly, it also represents an ability to bring new business to the city of Lethbridge in southern Alberta. Now, I was... um, shared a story with the folks at Chinook Tourist Association who said that they staged an event a number of years back in which they sought to bring in travel professionals from across Canada and tout Lethbridge as a tourist destination. You know what they had to do to get them here? They flew them into Calgary and then put them on a bus to Lethbridge. Um, I don't think that worked out so good. I mean, there's other reasons we don't have as many trade shows and conventions, but you know making sure that we have an airport in the future and having the types of flights that we need is a big part of achieving that success so again i'm proposing that what we do is we uh, transfer the airport to a southern alberta regional airport authority that is uh, responsive to the needs of all of southern alberta and can include input and and nominees to the board of directors from the city and county of Lethbridge, but also all the other communities from Nest and Pincher Creek to Bow Island, Medicine Hat, and from Cardston to as far as Vulcan, and it can create a hub as part of a overall regional transportation program that includes twinning of the Highway 3 between Medicine Hat and Cranbrook, creation of an economic trade zone. And again, leading the development of the Southern Alberta International Airport. So here's a vision for you, somewhere down the line, we're in 2020 we have population of 300,000 and flights to Vancouver, Toronto, Salt Lake, Las Vegas, Mexico, Caribbean, Hawaii, and further down the line to uh, 2030 when we reach population in the area of 500,000 and down the line to a million. So you see, we need to keep this airport alive and healthy for the future, not just today. And if anybody thinks this is thinking too big, I remind you of the old saying, where you think you can, or you can't, you're probably right. So anyway, have a little bit dark humor before we wrap things up here, <laughs> right? So things have gotten a little bit offline here. So you know, how can we bring things back into focus and and make things we you know it's about working with what you got, right? So I'm thinking maybe we just need a few creative taglines and try and uh, you know uh... benefit from our leverage our existing assets so here's some taglines that might bring some business back to lethbridge everyone's just dying to fly here <laughs> get your wings today no previous experience required we accommodate those who are departing and those who have already departed okay when in doubt hope for the best but plan for the worst and uh, my favorite, make Lethbridge your final destination. <laughs> <laughs> and if all else fails, just don't forget to ask your agent for about our two-for-one special. So, anyway, thanks everybody for coming out today, and thanks to the uh, Gall Museum, the Lethbridge Herald, to give me ink time, and all the other folks that helped make this uh, a pleasure. So um, my name is Dale Lear. I brand myself as the Southern Alberta dis- Business Development Agency and my mission is to bring opportunities to communities, and I think we've got a little, a little smile here for you too. you Sure, why don't we? Okay, thank you again.
0: I'm just going to play a little video that Dale's brought with him, so bear with me for one second. This is an old video from the gold. <laughs> We've got more sound. Hang on a minute. We're and on We're the ones I'm going to start it again. Sorry. Okay. So the there we go.
1: a real selling point that one
0: It's a uh, lunch